Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. Daddy, suddenly. Suddenly, the screen is blank, wiped clean, clean as snow. A blank where there had been movement, slow and steady, registering breath. There were sounds in the room before, of sighs, of conversation, but now there's nothing. It's as if my world is a giant screen and now has nothing on it. Now it's blank. Not blank like waiting for something to show up to come on the screen, but blank like emptiness. This whole world feels empty. He's gone, suddenly, my daddy, after 12 years of decline. The room is silent. We are silent. He lies still. Someone shuts off the oxygen. We smooth his hair back. We want to do something, anything, but there's nothing to be done, nothing, nothing to do. I thought I would feel his soul leave. I didn't. I thought I would be bereft. I feel nothing. Sound is absent. I touch his back, his pajama top. He's still warm. Does that mean some part of him is still here? I want that, but not really, not for him. He's had enough. We all know that. For him, this is good. This is best for him. For us, it should be good as well, an end of waiting through his suffering, hard on all of us. For me, it's like I left too. I'm not really here, not all of me. My head seems rational, but I'm not sure it's attached to the rest of my body. They seem separated somehow. I keep looking at him, unable to grasp what's happened. I look to see if this is one of those long breaths, one of those breaths that makes us think, this is it. I don't think this is one of those breaths, but you never know. I don't want to count him out too soon. He might surprise us again. He just might. He's done it lots of times before. Maybe if I wait quietly, if I'm patient, if I wait long enough. The men are here now, one tall and lanky, the other large and wide, winded from climbing our winding mahogany staircase up to Daddy's bedroom. Someone must have ushered me out of his room. I'm standing in the hall. It seems like they're in there a long time. When they come out, Daddy's strapped to a gurney. It has wheels and crisscross metal to go up and down. It must be heavy. It was almost too big to make the curve of the staircase. They almost lost their footing. The big man is sweating heavily, panting with effort. It's very hot inside the house and outside too. Then I find myself outside looking at the hearse. Daddy comes out. Now he's yellow and waxen, no longer my daddy. They slip him in, pull out, drive away. We all stand in the driveway. Silent. Silent for a long time. 
Two days pass. It's Labor Day weekend. Most of Daddy's friends are out of town. They don't know about the funeral. The newspaper doesn't come out again until after the funeral, so they won't know to come. It's unholy hot, sweaty September heat that just rings you out. There is a viewing tonight. I get there at the appointed time, but my family members are there already standing by the casket. Am I late? Did they tell me the right time? A glance into the room shows me Daddy's casket, his head raised. I stand stock still. I cannot move from the doorway. I know now, in a new way, he's gone. My sister's boyfriend comes over, takes my hand. He looks into my face with kindness. He pauses, then eases me into the room. We walk up to the casket. Everyone moves away. I stand looking down into a face I don't know, painted lips, ungodly skin tone. But then I see his hands, one over the other on his chest, those large, gnarled hands that I also have, looking just like they always did. There is some comfort in that. People come, mostly black folks whose sons have worked for Daddy, some I've known since I was a little girl. They're all dressed up, and I know Daddy would appreciate this. They all offer comfort. I cannot take it, not any of it. The funeral is the next day, outside in record-breaking heat. Daddy's driver, Charles, a weekend preacher, gives a private service for our family. He tells stories of Daddy's driving that scared him. Now we know Daddy drove, license or not. Somehow that cheers me up. Charles has genuinely said Daddy has passed and loved being with him. Me too. At the funeral, I am given the folded flag for Daddy's military service. My sister said I should have it as the oldest daughter. It seems a sad token of all he was. I see my cousin looking serious and then looking at me with love. I'm so grateful he is there. With a very loud thud, the heavy coffin is lowered into the ground. The air conditioner at Daddy's house has broken. Someone has ordered steam tables of food, which add to the misery. Men, however, do not remove their jackets out of a sense of propriety and honor for Daddy. I know he would approve. No one eats much. No one talks much. We are struggling together in a miasma of heat and loss. Everyone leaves at some point. We three sisters are alone. We are not comfortable with this situation, never have been. It is the end of the day, but I know it's just the beginning for us. We are finally forced to face each other. We've never gotten along, but now we could come together. It's a chance for us. We don't take it. I'm glad he's gone. He had hoped for so much more from his girls. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining too. Don't forget to subscribe and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. 
You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on now that you ask podcast.com. Bye-bye for now.